Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. All right, welcome into Off the Radar here on 365 Sports, which means that it's a Tuesday or a Thursday. It's a Thursday, obviously, in this case, around 445. Take a look at a grab bag of stories that are going on around not just college football, but around the sports world. And I won't reinforce really all that's happened today because we've covered it pretty extensively of uh, the decisions and whatnot being made around college football and the transfer portal, Um, but did want to make mention again earlier. I don't think this came as a huge surprise, Paul, but Jalen Milrow did announce he'll be back for another year. I don't think that that, you know, I I don't know that I was even debating whether or not he would be back for another year, but hey, after the run that you've had, I suppose it's it's good to go ahead and and make it public there. So he will be coming back for his senior year, but uh, what a story he has uh, turned into from that Texas loss and kind of what was being said to SEC champs beating Georgia, the the, the unbeatable, right? And now... I mean, for all we know, could win a national championship here in yeah. the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. But he will uh, be coming back. He made that official on the next round show. And uh, his father also talked to ESPN and said that he's just uh, focused on finishing out this year. But he wants to return to Alabama for his senior season. He'll graduate on Saturday with a uh, degree in business administration and a minor in entrepreneurship. So young uh, man from Texas doing some good things and um, made that official today. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like, if if he were going to, like, jump into the transfer portal, like, that would be <laughs> yeah. the most shocking thing in the world. Like, even Alabama man. can't keep their guy right. who helped him win all these games. I, I'll tell you this, Craig. This is the co- comparison I'll make to Jalen Milrow, and he might be just on the fact that they can – uh, there's there's not just one bowl game he's going to play in now uh, because he's in the college football playoff, but it reminds me a lot of Vince Young, the first Rose Bowl year, where, you know, you watch Vince Young play that year before, like, you'd be like, man, this guy's an athlete, but he just doesn't know what he's doing, right? He just looked all over the place. Before and, they played Michigan in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, before they yeah, Michigan. The yeah. first, yeah, before they, they played Michigan. So, but in the middle of that year, Mac Brown decided, like, hey, why are we trying to, like, overcoach this guy? Like, let's just go out and, like, call plays that he can do and then live with that and then let him be a superior athlete. And where Vince Young was the most dangerous, especially early on in that career, was when he was making it up, right? And, and, and he was always dangerous that way. But when it broke down and he had to make it up, that's where Jalen Milrow is right now, where, yeah, he's dangerous doing a lot of things that they call, but – when you think you've got him dead to rights, and I'll just point to that Auburn game of the three worst plays you can run before a fourth down at the end of a game happened, including one of the dumbest things a quarterback can ever do and throwing the ball. He was three yards past the line, and you've got a fourth and 31, and then he just made that happen. Like That's the kind of groove he's in where even when it's going bad, like it can still be great. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's definitely a guy with more improvement uh, in store, I think, another year. Um, it'll be fun to see where, you know, he, he ends up falling, but has a chance to really make some incredible history. I mean, to think about going from that Texas game to possibly winning a national title, uh, which is, you know, on the cards or um, – you know, still in the cards for him is uh, is going to be pretty, um, you know, it's going to be pretty cool. But it's already been pretty cool to see what he's been able to do thus far. Meanwhile, there's, you know, still swirlings about what could happen, you know, in, in realignment moving forward uh, with the ACC. They're kind of the ones that seem to be on the clock right now in terms of Florida State's unhappiness after the college football playoff snub. And, man, we can go undefeated in this league, but we can't make it. I still don't know how that's the SEC's fault. That's more the committee bending yeah. that then it's the ACC is yeah. a culprit for the committee's decision but when you're mad at the conference it's kind of like when Texas and Oklahoma started blaming the Big 12 for every shortfall that they had yeah that's kind of what is now happening with Florida State and perhaps others of like anything that goes wrong oh, it's the ACC's fault but um, that's kind of what seems to be up next there's also however still the um, the threads of of the Pac-2 and the Pac-12 and what all that's going to look like. And we've, you know, gone into a little bit of detail as far as the continuing court battle with Washington State, Oregon State, and the 10 former schools that are all going to be scattered over the uh, Big 10 and Big 12 uh, moving forward. But there was questions about, well, what are they going to do next season? What are Washington State and Oregon State going to do? There's questions about, you know, who are they going to play? And then we saw where, you know, Washington, Washington State uh, did announce that they were going to end up playing and they were going to continue on with the Apple Cup. And so that was all great. But what about the rest of those games and this Mountain West uh, merger? Is that going to happen? Well, we now know the full-blown schedules for 2024 for Oregon State and Washington State that came out today and they will in fact both be playing their rivals as uh, you're going to get Oregon and Oregon State and you're going to also as we already knew get Washington and Washington State but one key part of uh, this schedule uh, for Washington State is that uh, Texas Tech was involved as they agreed to uh, schedule a home and home series with Washington State and in doing so have rescheduled their expected a trip to Autzen Stadium to play Oregon next September. That was a game that was going to happen on September the 7th. It was going to be the second game or the second game of their home and home. And uh, we saw how that played out in Lubbock with Oregon winning a really tight game. But because of all the shuffling around, that game will now take place in 2033. So oh. Texas Tech, supposed to go to Eugene next season, will now not go to Eugene until 2033. So what does the college football landscape, you think, look like here? I've seen a lot of unhappy Red Raider fans that feel like they got kind of the short end of the stick in all of this um, and being cooperative because now, I mean, is what, what, what does college football in 2033 even look like? And there's also a lot of people that I would imagine that already bought plane tickets hoping to go to yeah. Eugene, Oregon next summer, and now you got 10 years until they're actually going to play that game. Maybe you just change it to, to – Pullman, Washington. Change it to Pullman, Washington, because they yeah. will now go to Washington State on September the 7th instead, and uh, they will also host the Cougars. Um, in, the, uh, in the Mike in, Leach Classic. In the, in the Mike Leach Classic. They will host the Cougars in 2032. So they were scheduled to go to Oregon. Because of all the shuffling the schedules and trying to get all that right, they agreed to uh, you know, help move things around. So they've bumped back that Oregon trip to 2033, and they will now go to Pullman, Washington to uh, help out the Cougars and fill out that schedule. And so what does that look like? Well, for Washington State, they will open up with Portland State, and then we'll have Texas Tech. They will then have the Apple Cup with Washington in Week 3, 
And then there's where the Mountain West comes in. They will play San Jose State. They will travel to Oregon State. Then they will uh, play host to Utah State, Wyoming, and Hawaii and have road games against San Diego State, Boise State, New Mexico, and Fresno State. And I saw somebody make this comment, and I made this comment a few weeks ago of like, what's the record for how many schools with state in their name has ever occurred on a schedule? And I'm pretty sure we're going to see that with Washington State, Oregon State, uh, as a result of these 2024 schedules. But now we know the Mountain West Conference opponents, and thank you, Jack, for getting that up there. Now you will see that Oregon State and Washington State are not included on that top row because they're not officially Mountain West Conference teams. But you will see the Beaver logo and the Cougar logo dotted throughout, and you can spot it there. Now the dates are not official, but we now know for... 100% certainty, and we kind of already knew it anyways, that they were going to be playing a Mountain West schedule next season. So any thoughts of, like, they're jumping in with the Big 12? I mean, they've they've moved no, on along, and based on what we talked about yesterday and the information Smokey has, I think the Big 12 at this point is kind of just sitting back and not so much looking west as they are very much looking east like everybody else is right now and just kind of waiting to see what might happen out there and what uh, uh, an upcoming Florida State challenge, which he also talked about, um, that's very much uh, seems to be coming down the pipeline, what that challenge of the grant of rights uh, here in the next perhaps few weeks could look like. Uh, and I think everybody in college football has, has got some interest level in this, but there you go. Washington State, I just told you, their schedule for next season. I'll get to Oregon State in a second. But what are your thoughts on, on getting this uh, solidified here? Uh, I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the Mountain West. Uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm relieved for Washington State and Oregon State as they uh, as they now continue to, to navigate the legal minefields, of, uh, which is going to get worse because they're withholding money. So that's, gonna, that's, that's now yeah, probably that's whole... gone from contention. Tentious. Yeah. Also, on the heels of this, uh, the Mountain West is working with them to join the basketball conference for I was that year. Bring too, that up. So yeah. That also came out today. Uh, apparently, there's now the talks, and you were wondering, okay, well, if they're going to do this Mountain West agreement in uh, football, what about all of the other sports that are going on? What is that going to possibly look like? And there was a report, and I want to make sure that I get the right person for that. I think uh, it's John Rothstein. Yeah, uh, that uh, he. I think probably among others at this point. Um, saying that they are working on a basketball schedule for 24-25. So that is now underway, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, it was John Rothstein. I want to make sure we got that uh, from CBS Sports in discussions to join the league for the 24-25 college basketball season. But it is interesting that it's all just for next year, right? Like they're kind of just taking this piece by piece, and again, I think that that probably has a lot to do with just nobody really knowing what to expect beyond next season. I mean, how the heck could you be in the prediction game much without just saying something obvious like, well, um, the SEC will be strong in the next few years and the Big Ten will be strong. We kind of know all of that, but beyond that, uh, if you're not amongst those schools and even they have some questions, uh, it's it's hard to know what to plan for beyond uh, 2024. Well, I would say that they're also looking east, right? So they're also thinking about where they can be, you know, when when that shakes. Because so look, the, the ACC's already gone and added – you know, two schools out there. Mm -hmm. And if it gets to the point of where there's a, a, another seismic shakeup, especially for that conference, Oregon State and Washington didn't feel the best about their credentials and maybe being able to join and help on a West Coast swing um, sort of thing. Because right now, the plan for the ACC is to play a lot of stuff in Dallas, uh, which will you know, be great for hotels in Dallas, I guess, but yeah. um, and great for SMU, but it's, it's still – you know, going to be kind of strange going forward. But yeah, I think 
you know, ultimately I think the best thing for Oregon State and Washington State is to be in the Mountain West, but you know, if they could be back in a power conference, if the ACC would even be considered that, right? You know, like how to like how do you even navigate Again, all that? We don't that? even know what we does it look like, like beyond the, a year. You know, the the next tier of like so the the new subdivision that can happen, like what does that even look like? Yeah, there's is that even going to happen? I mean, we don't yeah. know that for sure because it's just a proposal by the NCAA yeah. and Charlie Baker just to try and cut some of this off at the pass and. A lot of people calling it out for being just that. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there's just too much uncertainty to know really beyond what's right in front of you. And so, at least for right now, Oregon State, Washington State, they know what's coming up in football next year and now working on a basketball schedule with the Mountain West Conference as well. Now, as far as baseball and, you know, every other sport, I have no idea what's in store for them. But Texas Tech playing an, a role in agreeing to move the Oregon series back and adding Washington State. So heading to Pullman next summer will be Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders. And I mentioned Washington State, but meanwhile for Oregon State, uh, they will play uh, previously scheduled games, Idaho State, San Diego State. Oregon is back on now. Uh, they also play Purdue and Cal uh, along with Washington State. And then they learned today that Colorado State, San Jose State, and UNLV will all play games in Corvallis, while Air Force, Boise State, and Nevada will be their road games from the Mountain West Conference. So uh, there you go. Oregon State and Washington State now know everything but the dates for next year's 2024 football schedule. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Major League Baseball. We didn't talk about this the other day. I had it on my list, and there was just too many things going on. But I should have said it on Tuesday because now it feels a little bit dated, but who cares? Shohei Otani to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, there's, it's very interesting. As soon as I came down, there was all these articles that I was reading, or a couple of articles I was reading about like, well, it's not as much money as you think it is, or it's not as much as he could have gotten elsewhere. This, he's going to make gobs and gobs and gobs of money, and he's going to be playing uh, not too far from where he started his Major League Baseball career, going Anaheim to Los Angeles. Uh, couldn't, couldn't do much shorter of a trip as far as moving around goes. So what are your thoughts on Otani and the uh, L.A. Dodgers? The deferral thing is the, the most mind-boggling deal. very confusing yeah. all the contract like, particulars, so, yes. Well, I mean, just my question is, and look, the Dodgers obviously feel great about their financial future in that for a decade after he plays for you, because I don't think in 2034 – Otani's going to be playing anymore. I don't think so, yeah. I mean, if he does, he's going to be on a, a series of one-year deals. Right. And He's not pitching at that point. He's not pitching yeah. at that point. Like, there's, there's it, you know, it, it, he would be on a farewell tour. So, in 2034, you're going to lay out $68 million a year, which you might be doing for other players at that point anyway, but $68 million a year for a guy who's gone, um, that that's going to be wild. But... Uh, look, this is a lineup in the top three. Like, the top three of the lineup is the best you can possibly imagine in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and now Shohei Otani. So, those are three guys who could be MVPs at any given year. Three guys who could. Uh, Mookie would have probably been the MVP this year uh, if not for Otani. Right, or he, he could have been, like in Seeger, I guess, uh, Corey Seeger. But, I say, but put yeah, some yeah. respect so, on his yeah, name. Corey Seeger. So you've got, you know, guys who are MVPs right up there. And then, you know, he's now, because he's only making $2 million a year, gonna, you're going to be able to go out and get somebody else that's going to make, you know, big, big money, maybe a couple guys. Um, they've got $68 million to play with now because they've got Otani on their roster for $2 million a year. 
Yeah. I, it, it's, and he's going to make – here's the other thing. People get like, if you think about it, he's going to make $20 million a year from New Balance. He's going to make $20 million a year. Do, like, who knows how much money he makes in Japan anyway endorsing things? Sure. Like, who knows how much he makes in Japan and will now make – even more so uh, in Japan because the story's gotten that much bigger. So, yeah, he's – whew. There's a, there's a lot of particular – I mean, like the way the money's offset and the way it's moved around, is it's got a lot of people scratching their heads of like, how is this allowed? You know, how is this falling? It's under- in the CBA. It's under the CBA. So, I mean, it's it, it was it was doable. But $700 million, a 10-year, $700 million contract, uh, what he agreed to. There's also a clause in there that if uh, – uh, two of the uh, executives, uh, Mark Walter and Andrew Friedman, are no longer with the team. Uh, and he It's actually okay, Tommy, because he was being introduced today. Um, but apparently uh, there's a clause in there that he could terminate his deal if those guys are not with the organization at some point, which is a very interesting clause. So clearly they played a big role in his decision-making that you would put that in there. But yeah, 97% of the money deferred without interest and not paid fully until 2043. That just doesn't seem like it should be allowed because you could could shift it and, and play around with the money for, for the years right now that actually matter. But yes, 10 years, $700 million. Otani is a Dodger. And I wanted to roll back around to that because uh, I meant to to bring that up just the other day. Uh, Just a couple more notes here. Meanwhile, uh, the NFL has announced that uh, they will be going back to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl in February of 2027. They will be returning to SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 61 out there in Inglewood, California. So the Chargers and Rams as dual hosts. That sets up the next four years of Super Bowls. Uh, We already knew Las Vegas this upcoming February. Next year, they'll be back in New Orleans for Super Bowl 59. And then Super Bowl 60, which, man, that makes me feel really old. Starting to get into to crazy Roman numeral territory here and having to learn some new, uh, some new Roman numerals. But Santa Clara, Super Bowl 60, and now Inglewood, California, Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 61. That was the one announced today. So that is your four future Super Bowl sites. I can't wait till it comes back to Dallas in 2050. Dude, they hosted with this great stadium and never hosted again. They had Snowpocalypse. Well, yeah. And then... It just and the seat apocalypse. The seat apocalypse. I guess. Yeah. Seat gate. Yeah. <laughs> Winter gate. Whatever. Um, that's bizarre, dude. I mean, really, like the fact that it's been so long now that you probably don't even really think about it too much. But they had one Super Bowl at Jerry. They've had everything there. Everything ten times over. Every concert imaginable. Award shows championship games, college football, and they've had that one Super Bowl. Yeah, basketball, March Madness. They've had that one Super Bowl. They had terrible weather. They had the seating fiasco, and they are not – I mean, are they ever going to get it back again? Not for the next four years. Yeah, and part of it it was also like it wasn't – we were trapped. So yeah, we didn't dude, get to was... go anywhere, but Dallas has to do a better job. The city has to do a better job of its. They this the North Texas Super Bowl. Man, that's a big it's area. Too spread out. It's yeah. too spread out. We're like this is in Fort Worth. This is like, like when if you've not been here and you hear Dallas Fort Worth, well Fort Worth is thirty minutes away. If you're in a an easy part to get to it from Dallas, and there's it's, multiple cities with yeah, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of their own residents all sandwiched in between all over. Yeah, yeah. so it's not like. You know, yeah, it's Dallas-Fort Worth. You've got to go through seven other places to get there. Right. Like, yeah, it's not 
it's not this. It's you know. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're absolutely. That's crazy that they still have not, and there's not even on the docket to get another Super Bowl yeah. since that since that first one. That's absolutely crazy. But all right, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, so I told you, uh, Los Angeles uh, now the hot, uh, now the host for uh, the uh, Super Bowl in February of 2027. Uh, but meanwhile, tonight uh, you will have some NFL action. Chargers at the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders will be without Josh Jacobs and fresh off that 3 nothing loss to the Minnesota Vikings, which was a bizarre uh, finish for any type of a football game, much less an NFL game to finish 3 to nothing. Uh, but the Raiders and Chargers in a uh, battle of, I guess, L.A. versus Las Vegas. I have to remember where they all are now. Yeah. Uh, that'll be coming up later tonight on that Amazon Prime game. And um, I don't know. That'll that'll be okay, I suppose. Uh, when you've got Aiden O'Connell versus Easton Stick. It's not... <laughs> right. It's not uh... They've, they've had a big issue in the league with quarterback injuries. You yeah. know, you wonder why they're so overprotective as it is, and then you look at a year like this year where even with all the rules they put in place, like, I mean, half the league's playing with backup quarterbacks at this point. At least yeah. it seems yeah. that way. But, yeah, not the sexiest matchup in the world, but Chargers-Raiders, a uh, AFC West contest. That's coming up on Amazon later tonight, and uh, there's a few things off the radar. Yeah. Chris Level comes up next. By the way, real quick, uh, Pete Thamel reports that so far, Georgia, South Carolina, USC, Syracuse, Baylor, Oregon State, and Duke have expressed interest in Malik Murphy. So, yeah, um, I expect so. Two, two places that he would go and five that he would not. But <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. But let's let's be real about where Malik Murphy's going to probably wind up. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you never know. Um, it's 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 a different world now. This has been a Rogue Media Network. Oh,